Is it weird that I used to eat uncooked pasta as a child? Like whole ass like spaghetti noodles. Just like chompity chomp. It's not weird. It doesn't mean you're weird. It means you were poor. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> of you joining us for the very first time this is icon or ycon the show where we break down your favorite film universes one flick at a time i am here as always with the pepper to my pot mr cj laroche cj how are you doing i'm doing very well andrew thank you so much i feel i feel spicy (laughs) and uh i feel like i just want to come out and say that your mic sounds a little crappy tonight well, once again, I'm in Florida, came to take care of my mom for a week, and I forgot to back my microphone, CJ. I left at 5 a.m., forgot to bring the mic. You forgot to bring your microphone. You know that I look forward to this hour and a half, like, all week long, and you going down to Florida, you forgot it. So you forgot about me, but it's good that now uh, I'm the kettle and you're the pot. Well... You know, sounds like you're the victim here, so maybe I should just go. I think you should. And this week, I will discuss the film all by myself, That's all gonna... by my lonesome. <laughs> from four to one, ladies and gentlemen, from four to one. <laughs> all the way down to one. All the way down to one. Just me. <laughs> yeah, so that is the that is the tinnitus that you are hearing, everybody. But the good news is, because you're in Florida, we're not going to have any bicycles. No, we're not. We, we might have a, a little... You know, beep here and there from my mother's security system, but that's just the sketchy lady walking through a driveway again. No big deal. You know, everybody needs a good sketchy lady, especially yeah. down there in Florida, for sure. Oh, totally. Like you'll see her one of these days when you come visit. Uh, you hear the strings. Like she makes that kind of. It's like <laughs> it's really scary. <laughs> yeah, I'm not coming to Florida. Okay, I wish I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Andrew, let's switch it up a little bit here. Do you want to tell the folks why we're here today? You know what? I do. I do. Today is a very important day for us because today we begin our trek through the MCU. Wow. Wow. I feel like our entire podcast has been leading to this moment. Um, you know, our ver- our second movie centered around the great Stan Lee I couldn't get enough. I think I said Stanley in that episode 616 times. At See least. what I did there. See <laughs> what I did there. And I love Marvel. I love the comics. I love the TV shows. I love I used to I used to try to find the old 1960s TV shows. It's it's amazing and I'm just so fucking thrilled and excited to be discussing Iron Man. <laughs> It, it actually is very exciting. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to be honest with our 18 listeners. 19. 19. 19. Well, 19. really 20. I think they're both listening. And they're, they I think must Pam be. and Sarah are probably both listening. So now we're up to 20. This is very wow. exciting. Yeah, it's yeah. So we're, getting, exciting. we're getting deep into these early double digits. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but watching this movie again, I got really excited because I have to say I was nervous about a 22 film journey. And you've, okay. you've, you've pitched this to me several times and I always have like some reason that we should do something else. Like I, for, right. for you guys, this is the behind the scenes info. 
I, uh, I, oh, there's always some bigger reason, some greater master plan to not do the MCU. And yeah. it just, this time when he pitched it to me, I had no better idea behind it. And I was just like, it's time. It's, it's time. It's time. And we're we're going to do it. And then it's I watched time. Iron we're Man. We're going to do it. And we're going to do it straight through. And we're not going to break it up. And we're just going to go. Because, yeah. And then you watched Iron Man. And then I watched Iron Man and I was like, but it's going to be fucking fun. <laughs> like, it's going to be so much fun. Not only fun. do we get to, not only do we get to, like a reason to do another rewatch. I think this is my third full rewatch. Um, but then we get to talk about it. We get to yeah. break it down and we just, you know, it's just, it's, it's a privilege tonight. Yeah. It's a privilege. Yeah. This movie get this started. So good. This movie is so good and it's good in on so many levels. And yeah. I think there's, you know, when we, we'll get to it, we'll get to the things that don't work about the movie, but all in all, I mean, it's, it's an Oreo cheesecake. Oh, delicious. You know, yeah. it, it, it's, it, it's a fucking cheeseburger, not from Burger King, but like from a fucking like off the grill on a Saturday afternoon in May. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You know what I mean? It's a strawberry milkshake. It's so satisfying. It's really, really genuinely satisfying. Let's dive in. Um, okay. This first intro of him in full Tony Stark glory in the Humvee. The fun V. The fun V, yeah. You're not the humdrum V. Yeah, the fun V. That whole way to introduce him was so good. What genius casting Robert Dunn Jr. Oh my God. I mean, this is this is where the episode really could spin off and we could just talk about RDJ for the next hour. I mean, this man, you know, coming out of what it was Ali McBeal, right? That he got fired from. Yeah. And then he he threw all his drugs in the ocean. Uh to put him in this movie to to launch this thing that was just sort of a pipe dream and here and here we are again with John Favreau yeah right like he will do for marvel what he did for what he will do for star wars later uh you know they sold off all their good properties right so they sold off spider-man they sold off wolverine they sold off the rest of the x-men um and they're left with iron man to launch the mcu and like full disclosure like iron man is kind of like my least favorite Marvel character. He's, coming he's in. a B-lister. He's a B-lister. Yeah. You're, you're forgetting that they also did a failed Hulk. The Hulk. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. No, totally that thing. Oh my God. And, you know, and so they, the John Favreau comes in and says like, yeah, no, we've got Iron Man. So like, let's do Iron Man and let's have Iron Man be the focal point, you know? And I think in the beginning, they sort of touch on the fact that he's an alcoholic, that he's a womanizer, you know what I mean? Like all of the bad things about Tony Stark. So here's RDJ, like basically playing himself. Totally. Right? Like he's like, he's going on his redemption arc and you talk about it. He's in the... He he he's full on like womanizing the 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 female the reporter Humvee driver. Well, yeah, oh, the, the reporter later, but the Humvee the driver, driver first. yeah, like he's saying some misogynistic bullshit. He's horrible. They introduce right? him like he's that. Horrible, and you know, like the he's drinking out of the missile case, and then all of a sudden, boom, he gets captured. He gets blown up. He gets captured, and he runs into who I think is like. You know, talk about Iron Man being like the focal point, the center of the MCU. I think Yinsen mm-hmm. is the linchpin. Well, he's the one that ignites the change. 
Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's his sacrifice that will pay off in Endgame. Right. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> we and, got ahead of ourselves. Yeah, but, but way ahead. But way like ahead. that's there's so many things that I did not realize pay off in that final movie that are right mm-hmm. in this first movie. Threads mm-hmm. that they 100%. just they they held up. And he teaches him that. And he's like, We gotta get you back to your family. He's like, My family's gone. This was always the plan. I was gonna yeah. get you out of here. Yeah. <gasps> Come on. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. He got a second chance. It changed him. Yeah, and it all makes sense. Yeah. Like the storytelling is just completely magnificent. You know. And it's, yeah, and he gets out of the cave and he it, it, when he when the, the helicopter flies over, like what is the, what does he do? He like throws up the peace sign. Where in the beginning of the movie he was like, "Oh yeah, peace. I love peace. I'd be out of a job with peace." Yeah. You know, the 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 symbolism, everything. Like kudos to Favreau, man. Like he he I think John Favreau might be like the the greatest thing in Hollywood. He's so versatile. So versatile. He's so versatile and what's so funny is he and Rosario Dawson have finally crossed paths. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I think that's so powerful because they have both low key been part of some of the coolest things you've ever seen. Oh yeah, running the game. Consistently and being mm-hmm. showing their silver stun and every everything that somebody cool is into, you'll find one of them a part of. There 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 they are. Yeah. Like and they're both such interesting people and so yeah. smart. Um, it's, it, he's a fascinating man and his work is fascinating. Uh, jumping a little bit ahead of ourselves. I think it's telling that he had a bad experience working on Iron Man two mm. and decided for Iron Man three, he wanted to focus on playing happy Hogan. Right. Like he, they offered right. it to him to complete the trilogy. And he's like, I just want to be in it. Yeah. So like yeah. finish. And, Let's and, pass it off and, yeah. and, and, and wrap this thing up. Right. Yeah. But, um, I digress. The cave escape is legendary. It's one of the most exciting things. And we hadn't seen anything like that in a minute. And we certainly hadn't seen a superhero movie attempt to be that because this is, they're sort of amplifying Bruce Wayne-ish tropes with that moment. You know, he's a regular guy, but he's a super genius. Yeah, no, absolutely. And he's a tech, tech whiz. Mm -hmm. So like, of course he could, you know, put this thing together from a couple of missiles and a, and a, and a, and a blowtorch, mm-hmm. you know, that's, and it's, his, that's it's, a superpower. It's absolutely his superpower. Uh, his arms are also his superpower. My God, he looks so good. He's in fantastic shape for this. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't ever want to eat a cookie again after watching this. I was like that. There's my goal. Yeah. Like, I've got, I've got goals now. Um, but yeah. So, and he, and he puts it together in the purpose that he, this newfound purpose you know, that he has to get out of the cave and to like, he's, you believe that he's going to do something with his life. Now to talk about a superhero, right? So this is a true origin story and we don't see him in the, the armor that he's going to use until like an hour into the film. Yeah. You know, like we take time. Hey, DC, we take time to develop a character, to create an arc, to watch the character travel through that arc you know what I mean? We don't just hop in, a, in an X-Wing and start blowing things up. No, and, and that's what's so interesting. I love that we see him developing the tech. I love that we see him try and figure out how to use his stabilizers 
And I love that there's a whole third beat of him looking at the news report, testing out the tech, and deciding it's time for him to just fly out there and sort this out. Yeah. Like, oh they, my god, yeah. The scene in the village, up. man. Oh, it's so good. The, when he just goes it's vigilante. So satisfying. Yeah, and he doesn't say a word. No. It's, he doesn't say one word. He flies in, he fucking messes everybody up, and then the you know, the words that he says, he's all yours. He's all yours, yeah. Away. Oh my god. So good. Incredible. And then and then the one-two punch of that, that's your first like intro to Iron Man, right? That's his first right. like that's it's his Superman's first flight. Like he just yeah, goes in the there. Mark two. Yeah. yeah. And then he gets fucked over by those jet fighters. Yes. Yeah. When that jet fighter flips over and he's just like hanging on it. Yeah. It's so exciting. It's it's thrilling. It's 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 one hundred percent satisfying, and you know uh, there's a there's a little bit of sadness when you rewatch Iron Man one. Um, Terrence Howard. He actually was a good roadie. He was a great roadie. He was really he was good great. in this movie. He was such a nice sidekick to to Tony, you know, and like the chemistry between RDJ and Terrence Howard was fantastic. You know, and he understood the character. He, you know, he was perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, he wanted to get paid. You can't blame the man. He wanted to get paid. I get it. Um, they but didn't... yeah, that that scene where he's calling him, you know, in the uh, the old '60s Iron Man is his ringtone. Yeah. Uh, that that theme comes up a couple of times in the film. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. He's like, Rody, it's me. He's like, well, what? No, like literally, bro, it's me. <laughs> so funny. It's so funny. And what's interesting is the whole thing with Terrence Howard is that everybody signed on to this because they thought it was going to be fun. Nobody signed on to a franchise pick. Right. You know, it's later right. that you get actors that are trying to be a part of the franchise and they do, they become part of it to varying degrees of success. Sure. But, um, there was no Marvel Studios when this movie came out. No, I mean it, it was Marvel Studios, but it, it but I mean was there was whatever. there was no content. Like you mean there was yeah. nothing. They were just yeah. making this thing. Right. It, it could have fallen apart right here. Right. And it was it turned out to be a colossal hit, and that changed the conversation. And I think RDJ was like, "I'm Iron Man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, he, we've got if we if we're gonna go all the way there, you know, that was like one of the more famous ad libs, and they were like, "Yeah, no, that's great, actually, no secret identities." Yeah, in the MCU, like you're just you are who you are, and it's okay. It, it changed the whole course of it. It changed yeah. the whole course of how this this whole situation operates. Um, how do we feel about Obadiah Stane being in on it? I just I, I watched it, and I and I get it. But like, that's your dad's friend, man. Like, well, Hamlet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the greatest stories of all time. Um, I like Obadiah Stane being the villain. Uh, I love Jeff Bridges' performance in anything that he does. Um, I'm going to say something that's not really new. Um, and is, is sort of one of the biggest pet peeves that people have with the Marvel universe is uh, I don't like act three and I just, I don't like where it goes because you have such an interesting story here, right? What was, what was, um, what was Hamlet's uh, uh, uncle's name? Was it his uncle? Yeah. Yeah. It was his, what was his name. Uh, fart. I don't remember. I can't remember. It's been it a long time. It wasn't fart. I'll tell you that. 
It was not fart. No, but was it poop? Um, <laughs> that's an interesting character, right? Like he he's not just evil because he's evil. Like there's a you know there's a little bit of a pattern. There's a little bit of a motivation, and I think that Obadiah Stane is a missed opportunity. You know, because he was friends with Howard Stark, because he was Tony's mentor, you know, essentially his father figure. Uh, I wish they would have explored that more, you know, there, not just like he just flips and turns and like gets mad because Tony built this with a box of scraps. Oh, yeah, I know. And he delivers that line. Great. Uh, the thing that really trips me up is that we love this actor, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of poised to love Obadiah Stane. Mm-hmm. Even when we start finding out like the depths that he's in on it, but he all of a sudden gets so scary. Yeah. Out of this, nowhere. In the office with Pepper. And yeah. I was just like, why is he acting like a villain if he's trying to cover this up? It's just a weird, weird jerky shift in the movie. No, it's it's act three is 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 the tricky part of this movie, especially because like the voice that he does too, like when he's coming out when he's coming out of Ironmonger. Yeah. Um it's just yeah, it just gets to a little bit of a too cartoony, like you said, scary place that uh we just haven't earned because we yeah. haven't developed the character. And this becomes a problem with Marvel where it's like we've got a hero who uses a cool who has a cool superpower and is like really complicated and you know has different motivations and you know things happen uh and then they adapt to it and then we have a villain who like has the same sort of superpower who's evil yeah the bad you version know? well and this yeah. is where this is where the movie iron man 2 really biffs it in my opinion yeah. like cuz sure. you have double the villains that don't have anything to do um, right they're right, just but bad. we'll get there, Andrew. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get sorry, there. sorry. I just I'm like really I'm like really reinvigorated for the MCU after watching this movie. Well, actually, yeah. You know what? Let's set let's set a rule that we are doing the MCU. So if you want to talk about Iron Man two, Andrew, keep talking about Iron Man two. Thank you, thank you. Because we're making keep talking big, about it. We're making big connections here. Yeah, absolutely. So also, I understand Obadiah's motivation. His shift into villainy we just touched on, but like to then go to straight up murdering Tony? He goes to straight up murder. Straight up murders him. There's no way that he's going to get away with it. Yeah, it's so so messy. It's so messy. It's clearly him. He's caught. He should run. Yeah. Not like just, you know, completely lose his mind. I mean, they sort of cover it with like when he accepts the award way back in the beginning, he says, well, I'm not Tony Stark. You know, so there is that jealousy, but again, we I feel like you gotta you gotta earn that. You gotta layer more in, you know, and there's just not enough time because Tony Stark is such an interesting character, and we haven't even you know, I, I like I like to wrap up the Obadiah section, but the 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 chemistry and the building of the relationship between Pepper and Tony is also a very important part of the movie and the MCU in general. Absolutely, absolutely. Their dynamic becomes super crucial. Um, I I love at the very end when he's like, you don't think about that night. And she's like, that night that you left me on the balcony? <laughs> like, <laughs> not once, not once. Yeah. No. It's, it's so good. So also, and the other thing, it's the first entrance of the Marvel Skybeam finale. And yep. they use the Skybeam finale – 
multiple times across oh, yeah. 22 movies. And, and TV becomes, shows. Yep. And TV shows. And it becomes kind of a signature thing. It also kind of becomes a joke unto itself how much they do that. Yeah. And I know that that's a thing. And I forgot that the first sky beam was this. Yep. And then I was like, wait, the first sky beam doesn't even come from the sky. No. No, it comes from the ground. Yeah. Didn't it remember that. The, and, it, you know, it may as well come out of Tony's chest. Um, but that's – I think that's one of the wonderful things about the MCU, man, is like they don't care. No, they have things that they do. They have things that they do. Yeah. And they the have things that they thing. know that we like and that look amazing and is, you know, like it's so it, – and the quips – you know, like building it around RDJ, like he's the perfect guy to create this universe. I mean, we didn't even know it, right? Like May 3rd, 2008 or May 12th, whenever it was, like 2008. Oh, the movie, the Iron Man movie is coming out. Like, I'll go see that, yeah. I'll go see that. That sounds was, like fun. It was amazing. We all freaked out. Mm-hmm. We all freaked mm-hmm. out. Every one of us freaked out when this movie came out. Yep. Yep. It also introduces the world um, to one of my favorite actors, Clark Gregg, Agent Phil he's- Coulson. He's wonderful. Uh, Phil Coulson. Phil Coulson's legacy within the MCU is so complicated now. Yeah. Loki has yeah. really – Loki really just decided that Phil actually does die at the end of Avengers. Yeah. It tells us that, that it's yeah. it's a multiverse situation, everything that happened in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Okay. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I love it and I'm, and yeah. I'm 100% here for it. And now like with Loki, I can finish watching agents of shield. Well, and, and do you Cause, know Cause once I found out it wasn't canon, I was like, okay, great. I don't need to watch this. Well, <laughs> I don't need to watch and, this anymore. And do you know, it's fascinating. What's fascinating is that at a certain point before, cause they did follow along with the movies for a while, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And, for sure. And there, there's a certain point where they deviate and people Fans did start complaining. They're like, with everything that's happening in the world, Phil Coulson, the man whose death galvanized the Avengers, doesn't appear back in the main movie timeline. Right. And now they've explained that. Now we know that he's in Earth 724 or wherever it is. Like It's it's something different. But Clark Gregg is great. I totally have a crush on Phil Coulson. I'm not going to pretend I don't. No, Phil Coulson's a fox, man. Yeah, he really is. And he's just got no his doubt. shit together. And that's so attractive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he always has the right answer. Oh, yeah. he's Yeah, he's yeah. perfect. Um, the confession at the press conference, we already touched on this. But that moment, the way it's shot, how the reporter from the beginning is the first one that pushes back. Christine. And yeah. then he, he owns it and everybody stands up at her. She's just like, oh, this asshole. It's mm. such good filmmaking. Yep. And she's the only one wearing uh, like a light color. Yeah. She really, well. she really delivers. It's so good. It's the first of several Pepper Potts and Tony at a press conference moments that we have. Yep. And we even get one of those post Tony, which is very sweet that they do that. <laughs> um, yeah. And also, so this movie has so many firsts of things that became MCU things. And it's yeah, the let's go. first post. Rattle them off. Well, okay. So there's there's the sky beam. There's the ally becomes the villain. Yep. There's the uh, we have to steal the data surreptitiously. Sure. There is the post credit scene. Oh, which is a big one. Huge, huge. Now, did you stick around? 
when you saw this movie in the theaters? I did because I You got tipped off. No, I always watch the credits. I'm one of those. Oh, you're a credit watcher. Yeah, me too. I'm a credit watcher. Yeah. Sometimes there's a gift for you. There's all, yeah, sometimes. Like this wasn't our Marvel wasn't the first to do post-credit scenes. No. You know, but yeah, no, they perfected it. Yeah, they really did. They perfected and, it. And they make you want them. Yes. Yes, they, absolutely. They make you want them. And, and I had a feeling it so was good. coming. Like I remember I was like, something's this is this is not over. You know, I didn't know like, it was going to be Sam Jackson. No idea. No idea. I didn't know it was going to be Sam Jackson. And I was like, of course, because again, much like Rosario Dawson, he's in anything that's cool. Right. Anything remotely cool usually involves a Samuel Jackson element. Yeah. He played Nick Fury and Mace Windu. And he has a purple lightsaber. I mean, come on. Yeah. And he's Mr. Glass. Oh, well, that thing. Come anyway. on, the, Unbra- the Unbreakable Trilogy is great. Stop. Go fuck yourself. It's great. I don't. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that escalated quickly. Um, <laughs> Jesus, there's a trident coming my way. Uh, yeah. No, it's not great, Andrew. But we'll um, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 eventually get there. No, you're but you're absolutely right. That post credit scene, it was you know you've you've entered your, you've become part of a larger universe. And that's when I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do this. Like, they're just going to go for it. They're going to try to do this. Yeah, because they're going to bring all of our favorite comic book characters to life. Yay. Yes. Go. Because here's the thing. With Phil, when he said S.H.I.E.L.D., I was like, that's enough of a reveal for a sequel. Like, right. right we're going to get the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you're watching the movie and you're like, there's not enough time left for like S.H.I.E.L.D. to pay off here. Yeah. You know, like there can't, there can't be. And then when Ironmonger just started like blasting fucking agents, you know, in that, in that uh, warehouse, it was like, oh, was that it? Was that, or, or no, no, there's going to be more. There's going to be more. There's going to be more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's wonderful. Wonderful and fantastic. It's it's just really exquisitely done. John Favreau does a good job. What's great is big picture too. John Favreau and RDJ, John Favreau and RDJ. Justin set, Trudeau, set up Prime this, Minister of Canada. <laughs> they set up this tone and this rhythm that becomes sort of a foundational element of the Marvel Universe. And it's something that the Russo brothers later perfect. Perfect. And they perfect it to such yes. a degree that, that the Russo brothers end up doing the last four tent poles. Right. And the new phase material that we're getting now follows along in their footsteps. And it's so funny to see the beginning because – so much of their cues are taken from this movie. They're not borrowing yeah. anything from Kenneth Branagh's The Dark World. Do you know what I mean? They're not even borrowing a lot from uh, Joss Whedon's Avengers before them. Honestly, no. as far as like tone goes, the Russo brothers are borrowing from what John Favreau established. Yes, absolutely. You know, and it's it's like I said earlier, like it's no coincidence that the revitalization of Star Wars has John Favreau at the center of it. He's it's a not genius. a coincidence. Like the man knows how to make stories. You know, like you, I go back to like Swingers. This is like you know, punky dunk little independent movie that became so a phenomenon because it was amazing. Yeah. yeah, you know, real. It's in the it's real people. It's character development. It's story arc. It's knowing that your characters have to either grow, change, or learn. Mm-hmm. 
You it's know. also a sense of humor. He has a sense of humor. He is hilarious. He's funny. He's just funny. I mean, and he makes that scene in Swingers when he's calling Nikki 150 times. Oh, it's so classic. It's hilarious, but also it's heartbreaking, you know? And like, that's like, like you talk about tone and pace and rhythm, right? Like the way that this thing, it, it's, it's like driving a, 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 a Volkswagen bug. Mm-hmm right like it's it's got a shifter it's got it's got a transmission and when he wants it to slow down it's pepper you know and like when he wants it to speed up it's iron man in action you know and it's any and paul bettany like we have john favreau to thank for paul bettany oh yeah like everything you know and it all started here it all started with iron man and this wonderfully almost perfect film it's a great movie. It's a really great movie. I have a confession to make. I, I'm not sure what syllable of his last name I'm supposed to accent. Because you say Favreau and I say Favreau. And, uh-huh. and what's right? That's a great question. I think it's Favreau. Really? John Favreau. Because I say Favreau like Trudeau. You, you, you do, yeah, but it's, I don't think it's that. Am I saying it wrong? Well, you're saying it. the words and the the letters in the word are there and you're saying them and it's fine okay thank you don't don't ever change andrew well with that we should take a break let's take a break you know cj this is one of our pandemic traditions that i'm so glad we were super consistent with because i really am starting to see the results of all of our work on this podcast it's pretty great now, where are you seeing results, Andrew? Like in your midsection, um, like in your your chest area. Where where are the results happening best for you? Because I could use some. Listen, my chest area is on fire, but really, it's because my heart is so full from all the engagement we've been getting on our social media. I mean, I'm talking oh, to I'm talking to people absolutely. on the Instagram. I'm talking to people on the Twitter, and I want to do more of it. The 18 listeners have really started to engage. Uh, we appreciate you. We see you. Uh, we're very excited to have you. Yeah, so I think that, Andrew, where can where can the people who may be 19, 20, 21, where can they find us? Listen, at Icon or Ycon, both on Twitter and Instagram. And we have gotten way more active than we ever were. So remember those 15 episodes where we kind of lied to you about communicating with us? They're, it's true now. We're actually there, and we want to hear from you. So I say go for it. Just do it. Yeah. Log on, log in, trip out. Back to the show. And we're back. Like moles on grandma. You can count on us to come back. Oh my God. I've never heard that before in my life. Yeah. I, di- I didn't use it right. Oh, it's, okay. um, it's something you can count on. Oh no, I did use it right. You did, yeah. You moles did. on yeah, grandma. You yeah. You can count Good. on us coming back. Good for you. Well, you know what, CJ? I just, we had a love fest. Not only did we talk about Iron Man, we talked about its role in the MCU, which is honestly a a topic of conversation that we had dabbled in early on in our recording these episodes. We 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 did have a role in the universe section that kind of fell by the wayside. But I think now, I think this is the right universe to really bring up role in the universe conversations. So um, I I was excited to see that make its way back into the conversation, but that said all those tangents, I'm all, I'm all a Twitter. I'm all confused. I need, I think (laughs) we need to harness and funnel all this energy. And and I think it's, it's time for yet again, some more ephemeral questions. 
Questions ephemeral. What worked, what didn't in this world? No, it's a universe. It started here and filled their purse. We'll give our special award, not in bullet form. Just kidding, Pam, you're the bomb. You and Sarah can come back anytime. But back to this part. Tony Stark flew in and stole my heart. If were there anything that deserved a slow clap? <laughs> Tis that, sir. Yeah, Tis you. that. Thank you. What worked about this movie for you? Okay, um, just about everything. But <laughs> I think what really, 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 really flew for me was the pacing and the slowing up and starting down, mm-hmm. right? Like, er, like it was just, you, you didn't, it was frenetic, but it got, it got slow or like manageable when it needed to. You can sit down and watch this movie straight through and feel like about 11 minutes of your life has gone by. It never, ever feels like disjointed. Like it just works and flows so well. And that goes on Favreau, you know, and his directing and editing <laughs> of this movie. Um, that's, that's what I love, man. I just, I just love that he, the way that he sort of like judges it. You know, I mean, and there's some like weird cuts, like when, when he's talking about, I don't want this technology to get into the wrong hands. And then we go into the desert and like the technology got into the wrong hands. Like it's yeah. a weird cut, but it doesn't feel uh, like, like it never knocks you out of focus. No. And I think that that is just like, that's, that's the brilliance of this movie. Like I wanted to watch it again before. Like when you told me that we weren't recording until later tonight, I was like, Ooh, I can watch the movie again because <laughs> it's, it's, it's just that good. And it just has that nice, wonderful rhythm that you talked about. And, you know, it's just, it's all centered around a character and the characters and they drive the, the pacing forward, you know, they drive the plot forward. So that's, that's really what worked for me. I love that. Well, also there's no, there's no money-making entity to guide the writing at this point. You know what I mean? And right. I think that's what's right. special about the pacing of it. It's yes. completely character-driven. They're not yes. baiting. They're not baiting the next hero introduction. They're not baiting the team-up movie. They were nope. just trying to make a cohesive movie, and so it yeah. all hangs on the characters and their likability and their motivations and their arcs. It's yeah. very successful. It, it absolutely is. And, you know, it, I, I wish, I just wish for your sake that DC was able to do the same thing and that they were, you know, that they took the lesson and they just didn't take the note. They just they, didn't take the note. They, they didn't, they, they didn't because they actually had a really strong, unique introductory film to their universe. Yep. Yep. And all they needed to do was keep rolling, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about them. We already did them. We already did them. Where I did that, we're talking about this, and I want to know what worked for you in Iron Man starring Robert Downey Jr. Uh, you know what? The thing that worked for me the most, and it stuck with me in 2008, and it stuck with me this time that I watched it, is two things. It's twofold. It's a it's a tough PG-13, you know? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It's it's a tough PG-13. I, I, I would really have to evaluate the emotional maturity of the – 
13 year old I bring to this movie. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because they say some sophisticated things and there's some hardcore violence that should be considered. Um, but I love that they gave us that, that they kind of got that accessibility factor for the movie. Cause that's a thing. Movies get mangled trying to adjust the rating. And mm. this movie is just written to live within the boundaries that the studio requested and flourish within those boundaries. I think that's a big success of it. And the second half of it, because of the success of that balance, it's function as a reintroduction to the financial viability of a comic book movie is yes. really incredible because we didn't totally. know they could make that much money until this one went ahead and made that much money. Mm-hmm. And y- you look at this movie and it's like, I understand why after Batman versus Superman, DC's like, it's got to be two hours and it's got to be PG-13. Yeah. Because yeah. the only argument is Iron Man did it. <laughs> yeah, Iron Man sure. did it. Right. Iron Man and Iron Man did it so fucking well, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's PG-13 is, is often – I often get a little bit surprised, you know. But America in 2008 was just a little bit different. It was very different. You know, just a little yeah. bit different. Uh, a little more open. <laughs> <laughs> what what oh. this is gonna be hard, but what didn't work for you about this movie? Well, yeah, I mean I sort of touched on it a little bit earlier, but it's act three. Mm. Um it's Iron Man versus Ironmonger, uh how like Obadiah just completely goes off the rails. Uh, and like it just gets a little too cartoony and like sort of unbelievable, you know, especially like when he's got Tony up on the roof and he's like holding him in his ironmonger hands. I'm like, oh, well, this is it. He's just going to squeeze him to death. Yeah. And then he doesn't, you know, and, and he doesn't. Um, and yeah, it just feels like I just I don't know. There's something about it that I'm always a little like, oh, my God, really? it gets cringy. It gets a little cringy, right? Yeah. And yeah, and the voice, I keep touching on the voice. It's like, I don't want to hear that anymore. Like I want Jeff Bridges to just be talking through a mechanical thing instead of like, ah, Tony, ah. It's like, it just gets like really strange. There, there is so much more footage that is so much cooler. It's kind right. of a shocking shift. It's like, okay, we're doing that movie. We, we managed yeah. to not do that movie for a really long time. We haven't done that. Yeah. yeah. And like the family and the cars and like all of a sudden you talked about like, Obadiah wants to murder Tony. Like he just starts murdering everybody. Yeah. It's weird. You know, it's weird. And that's not his motivation. That's not his character. And it's out of character. He's actually um, smarter than that. So much smarter than that. Yeah. I mean, he was, if any, he was buddies with Howard Stark, you know, and like, I mean, and in their defense, like they didn't know that Roger Slattery was, am I saying that? No. John Slattery. Slattery. Yeah. Roger was the character he plays in Mad Men. Uh, they didn't know that he was going to be Howard Stark. Right. Like yeah. in this movie, like Howard Stark is the one that like made the atomic bomb, not like, you know, started shield. Right. Yeah. Like we, we sort of like, we get to that later. We retcon it later. So um, it's a little more forgivable, you know, that he's just a warmonger. Um, but at the same time, like I said, it's a missed, it was a missed opportunity. And that's, that's something that, you know, I, I wish they would have done a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you wish they would have done a little bit better? Well, It's kind of part of what is amazing about what this team accomplished is that they weren't set up for success because this is a B-list character to the common man. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not it's not a top shelf character. And they just 
threw a ton of money at this at this maybe, and it's just wild. <laughs> it would never get made now. No, it would never get made now. A, a fledgling studio would not put as much money and star power behind a B property anymore. That's not a 2021 no. thing. No. So um, thank goodness that they did because it really paid off for them. But again, because of this, the whole comic book movie industry within five years of this release will go into shifting back to safe bets, which is funny because mm. it wasn't founded on a safe bet. No. So no. I just think that's that's what didn't work for me, that it's a, it's a B-list character. It's kind of a, a, a flash in the pan of a success story that was not a flash in the pan. Right. Right. But you, can you imagine the MCU without Tony Stark at the center of it? I can't imagine the MCU without Robert Downey Jr. at the center of it, honestly. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's him. And I think, I think I'll get into this later because it's an important topic about the success of this movie. But, um, Robert Downey Jr. is somebody that uh, we kind of always rooted for him to figure it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. People, Going had, back he, to like weird science. And, he always had a fan you know. base and then, and he had a just really famous substance abuse problem. Yeah. And a- Ali McBeal was a big comeback for him and, and him getting fired from Ali McBeal was heartbreaking for everyone. that no, really, for everybody. Well, and he, he kind of saved that show. His character really saved that show. To the point of losing that character led to the cancellation. Yeah. Like he was he's he was an acid. He had proved himself to be such an acid. I mean, Chaplin was brilliant. We knew he was brilliant. We knew he had it in him. Yeah. And and so this movie, a lot of a lot of the success of this movie and this character hangs on him and us believing in him. Mm-hmm. Sure. Cause you have to think, um, I, the one roadblock with him getting hired was not his past. It was the insurance. Right. You know, um, because yeah. we've, we've cast funny men as superheroes before. Uh, Michael Keaton made a great Batman and nobody thought it would work. So the funny man as superhero wasn't the thing. The thing was the insurance was going to be about as much as the budget probably. Right. He was right. uninsurable. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. So it's just yeah. he – I think him as an actor is directly tied into the success of this franchise. Yeah, and and you know it's it's funny too. Like as you watch the movie, Tony just continues to learn. You know, like he learns about the the going up into the altitude, and that's how he like gets you know Ironmonger to follow him. And he you know with the jets, like he learns that he's got to you know send out those uh, little rocket things, and mm-hmm. he uses that again. And it's kind of like Robert Downey Jr.'s life. You it's know, cool. like he he goes out and he has success and then something gets fucked up and he learns from it and he changes and he grows. And, you know, he's, he's a really inspiring figure, Robert Downey Jr. He really you know, is to be like, he had it all and then he didn't have anything. And then he had it all again, you yeah. know? So like every, all you kids out there, you know, you can, you can fucking fall flat on your face in front of everybody, you know, especially in this day and age, like, you can just get murdered, but if you want it bad enough, you can come back. You guys, and you can be you can be fucking Iron Man. <laughs> just just a few years before this movie, he was on national television, waking up in some child's bed. He had stumbled into a stranger's house and yeah. laid down in their child's bed, like he was not in a good way. No, poor guy. No. Well, I mean, God, and, and he's such guy. a great. He's such an inspiration too, because like he was a child actor. Like his first movie, he was five. 
Yeah. His dad put him in a movie when he's five, you know, and he like, he came out the other side, man. Like he did all the things that all those child actors and those young stars do. And, but yet he came back. Oh, in a huge great. way. It's, it's fascinating. We got, we, we got to continue with the question. It's great. Yeah. Oh, you sure? Yeah. Because I just want to talk about Robert Downey Jr. I know. We'll, we'll talk about him in my special words some more. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. All right. All right. Uh, does this movie make your desert on top five? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Especially like, you know, with the MCU, you know, there's so many desert Island top fives, um, you know, and like Iron Man is a trilogy within a universe that has 22 films and counting. Um, but the way that this thing burst onto the scene, the story, the arc reactor, um, everything about this film just screams i want to watch it again and again and again and again and again and again and i went back to see you know, it a few times i mean dude like let's just talk let's go back to the beginning what is the first thing that happens in this movie desert uh dirt sand uh smoke uh not smoke but like you know gravel mm-hmm. and 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 uh, dirt being kicked up and then dirt I mean, and that kicks off the fucking MCU, man. Yeah. Like that is it in a nutshell. Wide, wide shot. Something's happening. The Humvees turn the corner. ACDC. Come on. It's great. It's fantastic. It's your Desert Island top five, no question. Oh, hands down. It's so good. It's so good. And I remember like. I, I notoriously like this movie. Like I would go, vi- I would I would go visit friends, and they would make sure it was there, like that they had the DVD. Like I notoriously yeah. liked this movie a lot. Oh yeah, no this this thing is was downloaded on my um, compact presario. Oh my god, laptop, and then like I in my iTunes, and it was on. It's been on every computer. Like I make sure that it's on the computer, not in the cloud. I don't want it on the fucking cloud. Like I want it on the desktop. So you have full access. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. You ready for the random question of this week? Okay. Is it, it's now the random question, not the bonus question. It's random bonus question. Okay. It can be both. I guess. (laughs) So what would you do differently? Well, I I said it already. I would develop Obadiah. Okay. I think that if we go back in time um, to the Twin Pines Mall, Mm -hmm. I think that, if we develop Obadiah in this movie, then we set a precedent of treating our villains with a little bit more respect and care, Mm. you know? And like, we don't really get, I mean, we're going to find out along the way here, but like other than Thanos, like we don't really get another interesting character until Killmonger villain. I mean, right. Like, yeah. Like, are there any other developed villains? Like, Red Skull is, like, kind of kind of there. Like, we'll touch on it. But, like, I Ronin, feel like... Ronan. Oh, Ronan? Yeah, Ronan. Ronan's the good. He, he's, yeah, he's got motivation. He's got, yeah. like, some some nationalist motivation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, like, I would... That's what I would do differently, is I would take Jeff Bridges and I would use him more than they... Even more than they did. I mean, he's still great, you know? And he's, like... He's like shady, but it's subtle. And, you know, he's like jealous, but it's masked. Um, But I would have liked to have just seen it 
developed a little bit more, like just a teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny more. Yeah. What would you do differently? I'm so good. I'm, I'm rolling with the yeah. questions, like giving them back to you. Like I'm yeah. doing so good. You're on point today. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's the micro flashback at the beginning. You know how I feel about a pointless flashback? Yeah. Sure. You got to start at the beginning of the story. Don't start at the first interesting thing in the story and then make me roll back to get to that point and then fast forward <laughs> to that. It's like the, the the distance between that moment and the beginning of the story is so close that it doesn't make sense to start there except well, for that it's cool. It's cool. It's and cool. That, but that's that's the MCU, man. Yeah. Like they sacrifice they sacrifice the right things for cool. Yeah. But you it's know, such like a, that, this this movie has to start with Back in Black. But there's such a period of filmmaking that does that because you know that it's exactly like Mission Impossible Three, which is not as successful a film, but it has that really cool sequence with uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman putting the squib up. Felicity, her name is not Felicity. <laughs> Carrie Russell's nose. <laughs> Carrie Russell. <laughs> You know, yeah. and so so we know so we know that that's going to happen, and then like they yeah. scroll back so it shows us that, and it's just yeah. like there's a three year period where we see this setup of a film. This is kind a of the thing that we do, yeah. But and, we uh, don't do it much in this movie, which is good. No, we only like, do it this quick. one time. It's just it's just the fact that like, we literally roll back to just before this moment. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like five minutes ago. <laughs> it's totally, it's a very SpongeBob moment. That's what I would do differently. Otherwise, okay. Otherwise, I think it's it's very neat. Screenwriting. Yeah. It's tidy. Oh, yeah. Very it's tidy. Very tidy, yeah. And I love yeah, that. Very, very smart. What's your special award? Well, my special award for Iron Man is the Box of Scraps Award. Okay. Explain. You know, and I, sh- I should have said Box of Scraps! But <laughs> they, they didn't have anything but Iron Man. You know, like Wolverine was gone. The X-Men was, was gone. The Hulk was already, you know, we couldn't use, like... All they had was Iron Man. Everything else was sold. Yeah. You know, it was the only thing they owned was fucking Iron Man or Captain America. Right. But like you can't kick off with Captain America. So we took Iron Man. We took a box of scraps and we built it into a fucking empire. I love that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's totally the box of scraps movie award this week. That's brilliant. That's really, really brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. What's your special award? Mine is the Comeback Kid Award. Okay. And I give yeah. it to Robert Downey Jr. And we already touched a little bit on this, so I won't go too deep into it. Mm-hmm. Unless we really want to talk about RDJ some more because I love him. But, you know I do. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, who do you cast in a movie that's like a character you used to know, somebody who you understand is brilliant – and somebody who you've written off as being kind of a waste of time socially. Mm. You know, who do you cast? You cast somebody that is all those things. That is all those things. You know? And and yeah. and he just he uses all that baggage in this movie and he uses his relationship with us as the viewer. Like his mm. actor's relationship with us as the viewer. Totally. To get us on board with who Tony Stark is. And here's the thing, once he has us in to who Tony Stark is, he spends the next 12 years really letting us into who Tony Stark is yeah, in such a gorgeous way. And so I think, I think he took the success of this movie very seriously. I think he took the opportunity very seriously. 
Yeah. And I think oh he took God. the success of this character very seriously. Because I, I will say this, now that we've seen the end of his arc, he never phoned it in. No. He God never no. phoned it in. No, he went to work every single day, man, on that set. Like, you wow. could count he, on Tony. He, yes. And, and how, like, how great did he make everyone around him? You know, to use like the sports analogy, like, there's nothing better than a team leader who is amazing, but like, who makes Scottie Pippen into a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? Well, you don't, oh, yeah. but Michael Jordan made everyone else around him better. And Scottie Pippen was like the number one beneficiary of that. Like, on screen, Chris Evans was fine. Those mm-hmm. scenes later on with Tony and Cap, I mean, it's 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 a clinic. He makes Cap relevant. Yeah. Because again, the first Captain America movie, we all were like, okay, we weren't really bowled over by it. It's a very good movie. It's a very good movie. We weren't really bowled over by it. We were bowled over by the movie The Avengers. Yes. Where we first got that dynamic. Right. And he elevated cap's performance oh yeah 100 percent. and it's great and that's what you want out of an actor right when you want you want a good actor to be paired with another good actor and they get better yeah that's what you want out of casting it was great it's wonderful it's wonderful when they when they listen to each other and just like shine but rdj is you know he's the he's 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 the flower well he creates chemistry yeah he creates Absolutely. chemistry, and that's he. You know, he's a big part of why Don Cheadle's recasting worked. Right, right. Because to yeah. Tony, that's Rhodey. It didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't miss a beat with that dynamic. No, he, com- he completely adjusted. They were friends. That was it. Yeah, lifelong. You didn't, you didn't think two things about it. Like, nope. It's great, and, and a lot of that is our, how RDJ's handling of it. It's great. Uh, I think I know the answer, but is this movie an icon or a icon? I mean, it's, it's, it's if the fun. MCU is, it is the thing that launches, you know, yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't go on YouTube without seeing something about the MCU, yeah, right? Like it's coming up in your first six films or, or videos, no matter who you are. It's part of the conversation. It's absolutely part of the conversation. Yeah. It is, you know, social media is dominated by what's WandaVision up to, what's Loki up to, you know, and that it all goes back to this. It all started with Tony Stark and Iron Man. So yeah, I mean, this is, this, this movie, movies like this are the reason that we do this show. Absolutely. You know? And, and, and think about it like this, the amount of content they've generated in the past, what, 14 years? We're going. This is this would be the fourteenth year, I think. We're in yeah. the fourteenth year of this this whole yeah. thing, and, and and now we're on. We have television series with our film characters now. Like yeah. we're fourteen years of expanding this universe, and they are, dare I say, they're at a Star Wars level. Yep, one hundred percent. They're at a Star yep. Wars level, and they have one hundred percent. They have more content. They do, and they. At this point, to the, to you know, at the the time of the recording of this episode, they don't have any major missteps. No, they have one boring movie. <laughs> Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, yeah. Thor: The Dark World. Yeah. That I don't think Kenneth Branagh directed. He didn't. He did the first Branagh one. directed Thor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But other than that, there's no major. 
there's no major casting missteps, right? Like, no, that I can think of off the top of my head. You know what? I'll say this: there are weaker entries. There are lesser entries. There are lesser entries, but there are no entries that get like destroyed, like Attack of the Clones and The Last Jedi. No, not a one. You know what I'm saying? Because people even like Captain Marvel. And I was like, you guys lost it. That was the one where I was like. I love Captain Marvel. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I do, yeah. Listen, well, in about 15 weeks, we're going to fight about those stupid Wheaties commercials in the middle of that movie. That shit sucked. I can't wait. I can't wait. And like I'm team I'm team Brie Larson too. I, so like, you know, I, I, I love her. hates her, but like I love her. No, I love um, her. But maybe that movie deserves a rewatch because I have very strong opinions and I really only saw it once. Yeah, no, it deserves it absolutely I've I've watched it three times. Okay. All right. Yeah. The Wheaties commercial, CJ. I can't. <laughs> well, who is this little girl running in slow-mo? What am I looking at? Where it's it's Captain Marvel. It's Marvelicious. <laughs> oh. it's, it's, it's the mar- the marvelous wonderette. No, the wonderful marvelette. Anyway, anyway, I well, digress. This, this was this was so great. I'm so glad we did this. Uh, I didn't hear my mother's security system beep once. Hey, yeah. so this good. is great. There's we no might have... string lady in the driveway. She can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> and my eyes are now bleeding. Yeah, I know it's terrifying. Uh, what's our next flick, CJ? Well, Andrew, uh, we are going in the not chronological, not release uh, order. It's we are going in an order that I think makes the most sense. Ladies and gentlemen, I want us to be prepared because this is the moment where CJ really has taken over as director of programming. And I can't, <laughs> I can't even stress how exciting that is because like, he, he actually sent me a picture of a notebook, a piece of notebook paper where he wrote this out. And I was like, look at you programming a season. Get it. Yeah. Let's do it. Like, and there were even like arrow. Tell them that there were arrows because I switched some even as I, you know, wrote, I wrote the list. Oh, yeah. And then I had to move stuff around even after I wrote it. There was even Ladies a piece of side content that I had to ask him what it was. I was like, I've never oh, seen yeah. that. Oh, yeah. No, there, there is a one <laughs> shot that is vital to the drum roll, please. The Larorder. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. What have we done? And the next movie in the Larorder <laughs> is Iron Man 2. Okay. All right. Well, let's do it. I'm here let's for it. it. I'm ready for it. And um, I, I really want to see those two whips. I remember those yeah. two whips. Next week, folks, we are going to put the hammer down so hard you might get whiplash when we talk about Iron Man 2. Bam. That was really good. That was really, really good. Bam. All right, then. Iron Man 2 it is. Well, for Icon or Wicon, I'm Andrew David Sotomayor. I'm CJ LaRoche, and we'll MCU next time. Next time. <laughs>